Good Friday. Welcome back to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, your traditionally daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. It's football offseason, so I've been kind of scaling it back just a little bit the last week or two. Been a little under the weather, too, which has kind of contributed, but um, generally speaking, we'll continue with our daily format, especially getting into the stretch run of basketball season here coming up and any recruiting news, which, by the way, we have a little bit of recruiting news. I'll mention that a little bit later in the show. But when we have that, uh, we'll definitely be back to our daily podcast. But in the meantime, we'll go on a case-by-case basis, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes being Monday through Friday. But this is the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. Regardless, I am still your host, Kyle Lamb. To my knowledge, that has not changed. We are going to be talking about Justin Fields, what I like about his future. I think it's time to get excited. He's going to turn in a monster junior season. I'll explain why. Also, Ohio State basketball, as I mentioned, getting close to a stretch run, but they're in an important stretch right now in the immediate future. They have a game coming up on Saturday on the road at Penn State. I'll talk about why it's important for them to keep the momentum. All that coming up here today on Lock on Buckeyes. Your favorite podcasting platform, find it, tell a friend, send people that direction, have them find and follow Locked on Buckeyes as we're on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. We'll be back here in just a second to talk about Justin Fields and his greatness coming up in 2020. Let's all take a moment to pause and reflect on the season that was for Ohio State's starting quarterback, Justin Fields. It feels like just a year ago that Ohio State fans, Buckeye Nation, were celebrating one of the most successful seasons by a Buckeye quarterback we have ever seen. A prolific passer that we said we may not see again for a long, long time. In fact, it was just a year ago. Dwayne Haskins going on to be a first-round pick by the Washington Redskins, which, by the way, despite his struggles, he was he was never in a position to succeed this year as a rookie quarterback for the Redskins. But I think he's going to come on like gangbusters next year. Terry McLaurin looked really good. That line got better late in the season. Haskins looked better. I think Ron Rivera is going to do a great job with Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to turn out to live it. If he doesn't live up to the hype entirely, I think he's going to be a, a very good starting quarterback in the NFL for a long time. But we said as a college quarterback, we we may not see Haskins' production at Ohio State for a long, long time. And of course, Justin Fields comes in, and, and with the transfer, I know that increased the expectations. There was a heightened sense of excitement at the quarterback position, but Fields... Boy, you talk about living up to the hype. Fields did that in his first season, and he nearly replicated everything we saw from Haskins. Certainly not in the yards. You know, Haskins was in a pass-happy offense. They could not run the ball. They had to pass to win. And because of that, they you know, Haskins threw for 4,800 yards. Justin Fields only, and I, I'm using air quotes when I say that, only threw for 3,200 yards. But the funny thing is he did so, he had the same yards per attempt as Haskins. 
he had 9.2 yards per attempt. Haskins had 9.1. The touchdowns, very, very similar. Haskins had 50 touchdowns throwing the ball and four running, 54 total. Fields, 41 throwing and an additional 10 on the ground. So 54 to 51. Interceptions, obviously favoring Fields, only three compared to eight for Haskins. And Fields actually had a better overall quarterback rating, 181 to 173. So it's funny because as a true sophomore, Justin Fields did many of the things that we said Haskins may not, or another quarterback may not match Haskins at Ohio State for a long time. But Fields did that. And Ryan Day commented the other day with his end-of-season meeting with the press saying he's really excited about Fields. And he's really excited, especially because this is the first time he's been at Ohio State where he will be able to work with a quarterback for a second year in a row. I got to tell you, folks, I think Fields is going to be special next season. I think we are going to see a quarterback that is spectacular running the ball, spectacular throwing the ball. To give a little bit of context to how good he was, this may surprise people, but PFF, Pro Football Focus, came out with their end-of-season grades. As you would expect, Joe Burrow was the number one graded quarterback overall. Justin Fields was number three. Okay? What may surprise you, though, is Justin Fields was actually the top-graded passer on pure dropback attempts in the entire country, even over Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, of course, was so good on the run, escaping pressure, getting out of the pocket, throwing downfield. I think that's what sets Joe Burrow aside and makes him special because he can throw in the pocket as well, but he was just on another level throwing on the run and looking downfield. But Justin Fields, when he is upright and in the pocket, setting his feet and throwing, he was the highest graded passer in the country this year, according to PFF. I think this is going to go to another level because if there was a knock on him at times, maybe he wasn't getting to his second and third reads and the progressions very well. He did have a tendency to look down receivers occasionally. I will say this, I am not of the belief that he made a late throw on that interception in the last possession against Clemson. If you look at the all 22 view of that, you'll see, because if you just look at, if you just focus at the regular view that ESPN provides, you could say, well, maybe he threw the ball a little bit late, which may have allowed Chris Olave to think that he was scrambling out of the pocket when he was not. He clearly was not scrambling. He was at the hash. He set his feet at the 30. He stepped up and delivered the throw at the 29, stepping into his throw. So he he definitely was not scrambling. But you may say, well, it was a late throw. He made the read late. It was a late, that caused a later break. And so Alave may have been confused because of that. Well, if you look at the all 22 view of that play, you see Clemson's Mike linebacker, was in a dead sprint to get back into pass coverage. And to his credit, not only did he make a beeline back into coverage, but he covered a lot of ground. He got an enormous amount of depth. Where the line of scrimmage was at the 
what, the 25, I believe. He got all the way back down, I think, to the 10 when he sees K.J. Hill on the underneath route, and he steps up and takes K.J. Hill. That actually caused two defenders to take K.J. Hill on that play, and Justin Fields was waiting for that linebacker to clear, and that's why he threw the ball when he did. That was actually a good read because if he does not read the linebacker, that either gets picked by the linebacker dropping the coverage or gets broken up, most likely. So I, I, I really think that was a sign of patience on the part of Fields. And I'm not here to place the blame on Alave or criticize him. Unfortunately, that's just a mistake that happens. We all know what happened with Alave. There's no reason to get on his case about it. But I'm also not going to pass off blame on Fields that isn't deserved just because we're trying to ease up the criticism on Alave specifically. But I think there's no doubt at times Fields stares down receivers. He did that in the in the against the or I'm sorry, against Clemson on the first interception. Staring down the receiver caused that pick by Isaiah Simmons. That was a situation he could have avoided that. But for the most part, when you look at true sophomore quarterbacks, for him to step in and have the great season that he had throwing the ball, and we all know if he's healthy, he's going to run the ball a lot better next year. Maybe it's like the Troy Smith season of 2006 where he's so good throwing the ball and the run game is good enough, they don't need him to make a lot of plays with his feet. Because in, in 05, Troy Smith ran the ball a lot more than he did in 06. I think we're going to see that at times, like we saw with Fields this year. Although there may be better depth at quarterback next year and a little more trust at the backups position, they're not going to run him more than they need to do so. But next year as a passer, especially getting through his reads and throwing on the run if he needs to, I think this guy is going to be a superstar. I am not ready to pass off Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick in the NFL draft. Not that it really matters to Ohio State fans right now. I think Trevor Lawrence is a good pro prospect. I'm not ready to say he's going to be a better pro than Justin Fields. And I'm definitely not of the mindset he's a better college quarterback than Justin Fields right now. I think Fields is going to be a superstar. I think Ohio State is in great position next year with him at the helm, with all those receivers he's going to be throwing to, with the line protecting him. I think the line is going to be great run blocking once again. Who will be the running back? We'll see. It should be Master Teague starting. I think Marcus Crowley, if healthy, is going to be a star in his own right. Unfortunately, it looks like Jameer Gibbs will not be part of that rotation next year as Ohio State has called off his uh, visit this upcoming weekend. Allegedly, according to Gibbs and reports, it's because of numbers. I got to say that that kind of... I'm scratching my head at the numbers angle because Ohio State has known what the recruiting numbers were, what the roster numbers were for a long, long time, and they recruited him anyway. They continued to pursue him, scheduled this visit knowing the numbers were a little iffy. So I got to say, I'm not understanding. I'm not sure I get the reasoning by Ohio State here for calling off the visit. Maybe there's a lot more to the story. Obviously, there probably is. I don't know the whole story. There's probably more to it. I don't get it from what I know of the situation, but I don't know enough. I'm not going to I'm not going to mince words there. I don't know enough to be too critical 
but I will say, like you, I'm a little perplexed. I think Gibbs is a, a very good talent. He may not be an every down back, but I think he's a talented kid that could really help the program. I don't get how they got this far down the line wanting to schedule him for a visit only to find out, well, we don't have enough numbers. We don't have enough room, enough space at the end. It's it's a mystery, but regardless, Gibbs is out. Ohio State is going to be fine at running back. Master Teague, Marcus Crowley, Steel Chambers, Mayan Williams possibly. All of those guys have a chance to contribute. I think the run game for Ohio State is going to be very good next year. And with Fields being a third year, second year in the program, third year overall, I think his development is going to take another giant leap. I think Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback in the country next year. And folks, I don't like to get people too prematurely excited about things because it is only January. But I think Justin Fields next year, I'm going to, I'm going to be on record saying this. I'm taking a little bit of a gamble, although not much. But I'm saying this on January the 17th, 2020. Justin Fields is going to turn in the best, barring health, of course. That's that's always a caveat that we have to mention. I think Justin Fields is going to turn in the best quarterbacking season we have ever seen by a Buckeye. I know you. some of you are probably shaking your head, well, Kyle, that's not really taking a risk there. Uh, I think that's a safe assumption, but I really am geeked out for all of you and for myself as a podcaster to be talking about this next year. I think we're going to have a lot of fun coming back to Lock on Buckeyes in 2020 season talking about this Fields kid because I think he's going to win award after award after award. Big Ten Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. I think he's going to win all the quarterback awards, the Maxwell. I think he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner in 2020. I think we're in for a fun season watching old number one Justin Fields in the Scarlet and Gray coming up. Leading Ohio State to possibly a college football playoff, possibly a championship. We'll see. I'm not making any predictions on that. But I think Fields is going to look the part as the quarterback and signal caller of the Buckeyes in 2020. Coming up next, Ohio State basketball back in action on Saturday. What they got to do to get the, continue getting things turned around. The Ohio State men's basketball team is back in action Saturday. That is a noon game, a noon tip at Penn State. It is an ESPNU game. For those of you that do not wish to search aimlessly on your television dial, look, this is a a very important stretch for Ohio State. They are coming off of a win against Nebraska that I, I thought was pretty impressive. There were some... Errors, some sl- a little bit of sloppy play. I think the defense could have been a little bit better against dribble penetration, although I would caution that Cam Mack of Nebraska is a really talented player, and he's been giving fits to a lot of teams recently, so it's not just Ohio State that struggled to guard him, especially with Luther Muhammad having not played in that game because of the suspension. Muhammad and Washington are both possible uh, they're, they're both possible to return for this game, by the way, for those of you who are wondering about the suspension. But this is a, an important stretch because Ohio State shot a little bit better, a lot better, actually, against Nebraska. They ran better offense. They cut down on the turnovers. These are all things that Ohio State needed to do to get back on track. 
it would all be for not, it would all be lost if they would turn around and lose to Penn State. Now, I will say, I will issue this disclaimer. Don't be fooled by what happened in Columbus the first time around. Even if we assume that Ohio State is somewhere in between where they were then and where they are now, uh, you would expect a much better performance from Penn State the second time around. This is a good Penn State team. Like everybody in the Big Ten, they're going through their ups and downs right now. The Big Ten is ridiculous. I, I, I have pointed this out, but out of the top 40 teams in the country analytically, 12 of them are from the league right now. The Big Ten is absurdly good. This is not at the top. Make no mistake. There aren't really the surefire, no doubt, national championship contenders in the Big Ten. This is not like the Big East uh, in 2000, what was it, 2008, 2009. It, it's not like that. It's not like the ACC in some of their better years. They don't have the national, surefire national title contenders, okay? But from top to bottom, I have never seen a league this deep as it is right now. One through 12 in the Big Ten is as good as I have ever seen a league, in my opinion. Like, they they just are so balanced and deep, and on any given night, almost any team you're going to play, and Nebraska and Northwestern, as far as 13th and 14th teams are concerned, are still pretty good. They're I mean, they're top 100 type of teams. But 1 through 12 is just insanely good. So, but that is why this stretch is really important for Ohio State. They have to go on the road against the top 30, top 40 type of team in Penn State, and they've got to get this win so they can continue the momentum getting over the hump that they had in this last game against Nebraska. They have a manageable schedule coming up. The next three games after Penn State are next Thursday at home against Minnesota Next Sunday at Northwestern, those are, again, winnable games. Expect them to play a lot better against Minnesota than they played without Dwayne Washington up there in December. Then they come back a week from next Saturday, Indiana at home. Then it gets tough again at Michigan, at Wisconsin, Rutgers at home. Rutgers is playing like as well as anybody in the Big Ten right now outside of Michigan State. Purdue at home, at Iowa, Maryland at home, at Nebraska, Michigan at home, Illinois at home, and then they end the regular season at Michigan State. So it is not going to be an easy road for the Buckeyes, but I still think this team has it in them to get back to how they were playing earlier. Maybe not as good. I know some of you will call that peaking. I think it's just the normal ebbs and flows of a season. I don't know that I would get them back to that level, but I think we're going to see an Ohio State team that finishes out strong. But if they want the momentum, if they want a decent seed, if they want to, I don't know, maybe even get back into the Big Ten race, I doubt that's possible, but you never know. It has to start with this stretch right here. They need to win these next two or three games, and then they'll get back on track. This league is really, really good. We'll see what happens with Washington and Muhammad. Do they get back into the rotation on Saturday against Penn State? But it's just confidence. I think that it starts there, and I think it ends there. If they have confidence, if they shoot the ball well, I think all those other things will mostly take care of themselves. I don't think this team has a lot of weaknesses. I really don't. I think they have a few weaknesses that are exacerbated 
when they don't have confidence and are, aren't shooting the ball well. Everything kind of falls to a tumble once that happens. So the Buckeyes, Nittany Lions, Saturday basketball. I'm looking forward to it. This is a good team. I think you're going to be happy with how this group responds. I really do. I think Nebraska, it was only a tiny step, but it was a step in the right direction. Let's see if it carries over this weekend. It's going to wrap it up for the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Thanks for giving me a listen, giving us a listen. Of course, you can find us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Be sure to tell a friend or family member or whomever you know that listens to Buckeyes content. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any of your favorite podcasting apps. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Buckeye. Thanks for giving us a listen. Have a great weekend, everybody.